Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Folks, before we get into Small Doses, the podcast, I want to remind you that Small Doses, my book, is now available for pre-order. Yes, you can get Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use on the page. Coming at you October 22nd. Now, yes, October 22nd seems a little far away, but between now and then, when you pre-order, you help to support me getting on the New York Times bestseller list, which is like pretty cool. And you also help to support yourself getting your book super fast when it comes out so that you can start the reading so that we can start discussing it on my podcast right here or on Instagram. So I say all that to say, go Check out your favorite bookseller, whether it's Amazon or Barnes & Noble or other independent booksellers. Go online and get your pre-sale order of small doses today and get some self-help from the here. One more shameless plug before we get into the show. Smart, Funny, and Black, the You Know the Vibonics 101 tour is not over yet, y'all. We will be in Los Angeles at the Novo on September 14th and in Chicago at the Chicago Theater on September 28th. Tickets are available at smartfunnyandblack.com. Don't play yourself and have it say sold out and then be like, Amanda, can you sell me a ticket? No, I can't because we don't got no more to sell. So do your thing. Go get your tickets, smartfunnyandblack.com, and we will see you there for a moment of ebony excellence. Yes. In a world that seems more and more lacking in self-awareness every day, I think it's very ironic when people label other people as quote unquote difficult because a lot of times what that really is indicative of is that they're simply just difficult for you to understand. And perhaps if you got over yourself, you would get some insight into how they work. Now, what that requires is for you to recognize that you are difficult too. And so today on Small Doses, we will be talking about what it means this concept of being difficult. Side effects of being difficult. What it means as an accusation, what it can mean in actuality, and what it means specifically as a social construct associated with women and black women in particular. So <laughs> I fall under the umbrella of all of those. So we got a good one coming for you. Let's get into it. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Today's gem droppery is difficult versus challenging. Now, I know sometimes we may think that that is only applied to like a obstacle course for Tough Mudder or something. But no, I am applying this to people because sometimes it's really about our perspective that really determines whether or not someone is difficult or challenging. Now, when we look at difficult, we are referring to something that just requires a lot of energy that seems arduous, cumbersome, um, that really just feels like you are just expending so much, whether it's physical or mental or emotional energy to understand. Challenging does the same thing, but it enhances you. And that's really what it ends up being. Like you end up having to decide, like, is someone just difficult or challenging? Because sometimes it feels like motherfuckers is doing shit just to fucking do it. And you're like, wow, you're difficult. Like you're just being extra. You're doing too much or AKA the most you are giving everything. And then though, there's times where if you take a step back and you look at someone's uh, way that they move, it's not that they're not difficult. It's just that there's a method to their madness that I have not figured out. And to me, that ends up becoming the difference because when people are just not, when there's nothing behind like why someone is behaving a certain way, that to me is difficult. And that's someone being difficult. Okay. This is the the distinction 
being difficult. Sometimes things can just be difficult and you got to decide like, are you signing up for that or not? Like I've definitely been in relationships where like, damn, like especially the timing of this right now just makes it fucking difficult. I don't know if it's making me better. I don't know if it's going to improve things. I don't know if it's going to improve itself, but it is actually difficult. But then you have to decide Is it difficult because someone is trying to be obtuse? Is it difficult because someone's trying to be obstructive? You know, because they are trying to simply just put, you know, salt in the air? Or, you know, are they a commenter on my Instagram where they're just being a fucking incomprehensive person by choice? Or are they difficult because their circumstances are difficult or because they themselves are going through something that, you know, they have to work out. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you have to sign up for it, but it does change your processing in terms of like what you assign somebody. Cause sometimes, you know, you assign difficult to somebody and it's like, well, is that really fair? Right. Cause some people really are just making it their fucking business to give you extra business to do. That's a difficult person. Somebody who is making it their business to give you extra labor, whether it's personal, mental, or physical. When someone is challenging, they will give you extra labor, personal, mental, and physical, but it is the kind of labor that enriches you. It's just like, you know, when you're lifting. Do you even lift? When you're lifting... It's difficult, but if it's not difficult, it's not really doing anything for you. And so that's when you have to really kind of decide, like, are you just being difficult or are you challenging? And I know I have to look at myself with that a lot of times because sometimes I will absolutely realize, like, you're just being difficult. Like, you could really make this easier, but you're just being difficult because for whatever reason, maybe it's going to give me something extra that I got to do. Or maybe I'm just being stank that day. Um... Maybe I'm being prideful. You know, these are all human emotions that are natural, but you have to be in check about them by being aware. And that's why we started this episode talking about self-awareness because I'm not trying to accuse anybody out here and judge them about being difficult, but you need to check to yourself and say like, am I creating extra friction unnecessarily in certain situations? And if I'm doing that, then I am being difficult. And... The reality, though, is that a lot of people try to assign you with being difficult because they try to say that the friction you're creating is unnecessary simply because they don't want to face it, because it's a challenge that they don't want to meet. And that is the shit you got to look out for, because a lot of women particularly get labeled as being difficult because they present challenges that make people feel like they have extra work to do and extra friction and they don't want to step up to it because of whatever reason. I'm somebody who I don't mind being labeled difficult if it's in that context. Because Because at the the end end of the day, if it creates a better situation in the long run, if it brings things to the fore that are valuable and of merit, then I will be fucking difficult. If it requires me to be difficult in order to protect myself from others who simply are not conscious of these things, yeah. It might challenge these other people. I'll take that. I'll take that. But you see, the nuance of this is that there is such a thing as being difficult in a bad way. And there is such a thing as being difficult in a good way. Difficult in a bad way is when what you're doing is expelling or retracting energy unnecessarily. Difficult in a good way is challenging. It's looking at something and saying, we're going to put more energy into this because it's going to create a better output. We're serving it. First question. How do you not, well, let me even go, let me just say this. I have been told I'm difficult my entire life, okay? This episode is deeply personal because I have 1,000% 
had to deal with the concept of being difficult on a range of being difficult for no reason and being difficult for all the reasons and having to unpack within my own self what I want to plant my flag in, right? And it makes it to where my self-awareness has had to learn how to get trained in order to just preserve my energy because uh, so much of being a difficult person is about you being hypersensitive. And you get content, you you can get labeled difficult if you are somebody who just feels a lot because you're a hyper aware person. Of course, these are things that have made me an incredible artist, have made me an effective comedian because I'm like always like just taking shit in, you know, and the world is inspiration. Right. But it also makes you somebody who may be like easily triggered or maybe easily reactive, maybe um, assumptive, et cetera. So. You know, those things are not necessarily positive or helpful um, and they can make your life more difficult while you're being difficult. But what I want to plant the rest of this episode in is the concept of being difficult from a positive standpoint. The idea of being difficult as a commitment to being difficult to fuck over being difficult to get screwed, being difficult to be lied to, being difficult to be misled, being difficult to bullshit. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times when you're being called difficult, it's simply because you won't allow for those things to happen. People who want to invade your boundaries love to call you difficult because you have boundaries. And what it ends up meaning is that you get labeled difficult by people who want to be able to do to you or with you or for you things in an easy fashion. And those aren't always good people. So you sometimes need to check yourself on, am I being difficult with the right energy? (laughs) Am I allowing this to function properly? Now, I went to therapy about that. First question, how do you not internalize when others say you're too much? How do you coach yourself and talk to champion that part about yourself? I end up coming down on myself when I'm told this. Well, I've talked about this on the show a number of times where like, I just was always being told that people don't like you. People don't like you because you're difficult. People don't like you because you're difficult. And when I went to therapy, the conversation turned into, why do you think people are saying that? Let's start there. What do you think are the reasons why people would say you're difficult? So for me, it was people say I'm difficult because I don't let things slide. Because if I see some shit, I call it out. People think I'm difficult because I am very particular. I have a certain way that I like things done. And when it's not done that way, it feels like an affront to me. This also is probably why when I took an autism test recently, it says I have Asperger's. Which, to be honest, like I've always felt like I'm Asperger-y. Because things affect me in a way that just seems like so extra that it's got to be attached to something other than just like, I don't like it. Like I've watched parenthood and I've watched, um, what's the other show? Atypical. Atypical, Yes. Atypical. And, um, you know, I would just watch and there's certain things would happen where I'm just like, wow, this feels like wildly familiar from my personal experience. And, you know, women are not a lot of times associated with autism. Like it's actually more, or specifically Asperger's, I think. It's, it's it's kind of like more associated with men. But I took a test recently and it was just like one of those online tests, but it was like considered one that's like a very legit one. And I'm like deep in the Asperger's spectrum. Yeah. So um, these things like being a highly detailed person, like that makes people uncomfortable. Like being um, a very vocal person about uh, my own uncomfortabilities, et cetera. All of these things were things that people would always say made me difficult. Like, why can't you just let sleeping dogs lie? Or like, why can't you just get over it? Or why can't you just, um, why are you making such a big deal about this? And when I went to therapy and we broke it down, we broke it down basically into like two pods. What are the things that people say make me difficult that I would like to do away with? And what are the things that people say that make me difficult that I think are my actual strengths? 
And you start to realize when you do that um, that there are people who will basically just try to make your strengths into flaws because they are things that reflect poorly on that other person. (laughs) That's just basic like deflection. People love to do that all the time. Their insecurity is mirrored by your elevation. And so they're going to try and bring you down. You know, it's like I dated a dude who couldn't eat pussy and then he tried to say that it was because he said that I didn't taste right. That's That's false. false. So your insecurity, actually, I taste like crispy, fresh cucumbers, I've been told. So you're not going to try to, like, make me feel crazy just to manage your insecurity. But people love to do that all the time. So when you are doing your own self-coaching, like, you have to start first at, like, what are the things you like about yourself? Like, what are the things that you like about yourself, regardless of anyone says they're difficult or not? Like, that's a first place to start. Because you have to know yourself and be able to champion yourself. And sometimes, listen, you're going to have to stick to your guns when everybody else's guns are pointed at you. This This is a fact. fact. Like, there's definitely been times where I look like I'm just being difficult because of the situation. And it took time For people to actually then realize, like, actually, shit, she wasn't just being difficult. She saw something that we didn't see. Or she understood something that we didn't understand. Or she was relaying something that we weren't willing to accept or or receive. So you have to kind of just be able to know so much that this is a reflection of a thing that you are sure is a good thing about you. That when people tell you you're difficult, like... You got to let it go. We'll talk about it in that one time about how earlier this year I went through a really bad bout of like, damn, am I so difficult that I'm standing in my own way? And I've gone through this before. And I want to talk about in that one time later in the show how I got through it and navigated through it. Next question. How do you not begin to really question yourself when you're continually told you're difficult when all you feel like you're doing is asking for the same respect and consideration that you give out? Well, we will talk a little bit about this more in that one time, but I will tell you this. um, It's hard not, I mean, how can you not question yourself when, you know, people love to say like, well, if everybody's saying it, there must be some truth to it. And it's like in this particular situation, yes. If everybody is saying like, damn, Jay always wants people to give her respect and consideration when she's giving it out. Yes, that's That's a fact. fact. And if they're all saying it and trying to make it that you're being difficult, then they are all correct. You are difficult in that respect. And you should be. And if there's a bunch of people saying that, then you should not be around those people. Because that's the other part of it too. You know, like... It's it's wild because that's you know that's the other thing that how the, how women end up being called divas, like oh like you just like you just like want us to like regard you based on the work that you've done and acknowledge you with the reverence that you've uh, earned, <laughs> diva. And you're like, it's not really someone being a diva. I mean that's like the word diva was so bastardized into being difficult when it really was based on like the, the lead women of these opera houses, the Sopranos who were out here killing it and getting everybody in the doors. Like they were the heightened, um, they were like the franchise player, you know, and they were called the diva instead of the MVP. They were the diva. Maria Callas is a diva. Jesse Norman was a diva. You know, I mean, Luciano Pavarotti was a diva. So, over time, and VH1 diva specials, it started to then turn into, once you got to reality TV, this idea that like, oh, if you're a diva, you're difficult. But divas were, were the women who were in these positions and were demanding a certain level of respect and, and consideration for what they were bringing to the table. And you, madame, if you are dishing it out, you deserve to get it back. Full stop. I was about to keep talking, but I had already said full stop. Next question. What are some buzzwords, German commands, shortcuts, anything that you've learned when dealing with people that can help in them in understanding that you're not so much as difficult, you're more so not what they're used to. And you're not coming from a bad place. You're just coming from a real place. And how to help them understand we're on the same page, we're on the same team, or even if we're not, we can have this conversation, just not like they're used to. 
Coming from a self-proclaimed, out-the-womb, confident, bossy, smart, strong, and strong-headed, difficult young black woman. Thanks in advance. (laughs) Well, I think that, first of all, you have to decide if that person's even worthy of even all of that. Because sometimes it's like, it's not even worth, it's not even worth trying to like get over the hump to that. People have to exhibit a certain level of like understanding or compassion, you know, or empathy to be able to even meet you there. And it's not to say that everyone is like at a final place in their life. Like I've definitely had people where I met them. And when I met them at face value, like they were just like, ah, that face. And it took years. <laughs> it's a years later and maybe some life experience and then meeting other people for them to have a context for like what I was bringing to that space. Right. So sometimes it's like, yeah, you're right. You meet somebody, whether it's in work or in friendship or in relationship, like romantic relationship and, or it could even be in your family. Right. Like I've definitely took, it took a while for my mom to like truly understand, like, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just manage things different than you. I see things different than you. I understand things different than you. And it's not that I'm trying to undermine you. I'm just trying to get to where you are via my method. And that right there, that level of understanding, like at the end of the day, just comes from love. So either if you're in work, it's love of the work can get you there perhaps, you know, or in friendship or family or romance, it's love of the person. You know, sometimes it's even just like the intellectualness, like just the love of the intellectual space of with greater perspective, I can have greater opportunity and understanding. Brennan just shook his head because he'd be loving philosophy. And I know for me, like I really do love the opportunity to like see things from another point of view. I relish that. And sometimes it clashes with my love of being protected And it can feel like sometimes another point of view is actually like coming at me versus just like opening its its space to me. So I can understand how someone else might feel that when they meet me. They can feel like I'm coming at them versus like I'm just trying to open the door for them. And so, you know, for for what it's worth, like if you're a strong-headed person, like you have strong personality, you have a loud energy, like we're all engines, right? Humans are engines. We're combusting at all times. We're giving off energy. Some people are giving off energy that is just like, a more chill, relaxed wavelength. Some people are coming through like the tuba on Still Ray on Raphael Sadiq's record. You know, like I always look at people and I can hear their soundtrack. Like I'm coming through like, it's like a disco soul musical from the seventies. You know, that's like my natural energy. In a lot of spaces. I mean, let's be real. I mean, everywhere else, my energy is 90s R&B. But think about it like this. As a DJ, if I'm coming through with that, that's a hard record to mix, yo. I just got Brendan, guys. I just got Brendan. That's a hard record to mix. So sometimes, like, your record, your track might be lively and dope and vivid. But that doesn't mean that it's not good It just means that it can be harder to blend with the other soundtracks that people are living to, you know, the the other the other energy that they're giving off. And it may take a little bit more effort. You can I believe you can blend every record, but it just may take a little more effort. You may got to slow down the pitch a little bit. Right. Or you may have to speed up the pitch a little bit. You may have to take out the bass a little bit. You know, like when I call customer service lines. I know that I can't come through when I call Sprint customer service because they are dealing with people all the goddamn time and they just can't handle it. So if I really want to get something done, I got to take the bass out and just hit them with the because that's easier for them to manage. So if we think of ourselves as like, you know, a musical track, think about what your musical track is. Think about it. Think about your musical track and like what record would come before your song at a party? And I feel like at this point in my life, the people around me, for the most part, are people who like either have the same type of song or they at least have a break. They got like a bridge that hits that. (laughs) You know, it's in there. It's just not where they exist at all times. 
So just to wrap that up, to get to your question, really, though, it's really going to end up being like, does someone want to try to get you or someone or do they not? And when they do want to try to get you, you really just have to figure out how to meet at a basic respect and of love and be patient and have grace with each other and take space and give other people space. So, you know, that's something I've had to really, really work on, you know, just like just because someone doesn't understand you or isn't giving you the exact response that you want, Amanda, doesn't mean they're trying to attack you. It doesn't mean they're trying to undermine you. It doesn't mean they're trying to uh, disrespect you. And Instagram has actually been a really good barometer for that because you can see very clearly when people are trying to disrespect you. So now that I've received so much negativity on the Internet, I have a constant to serve as like home base when I'm trying to like decide on whether something else is people trying to get at me or people just maybe not understanding where I'm coming from. Nothing about this episode is easy. Like, I feel like this episode speaks exactly to what it is about. Because the idea of being difficult is not an easy concept. Like, when you are labeled difficult, like, the internal struggle that you're in on the regular basis is so fucking taxing. And you look at all of the people who came before you who were considered difficult, and you're just like, man, they didn't have it easy, so why the fuck would I? Last question. How do you set and maintain your boundaries slash expectations within a friendship, familial relationship, or romantic relationship while being understanding of the other and without being too difficult? I have a lack of sincere, intimate friendships. I believe this is partly due to my lack of clear stated boundaries because I'm wary of being perceived as difficult. First of all, thank you for sharing that. And I think that that's a really intriguing question because... That's your own internal struggle, right? And the beauty of that is that you are completely in charge and you are in complete control of like what happens within you. So you don't need somebody else to like co-sign that or make that make sense for it to get to a clearer space for you. Now, the question is, why do you feel like setting boundaries is an example of being difficult? And that I feel like is where you got to start. Because that's related to something that happened in your childhood or in your young adult life. And it it could be something where somebody made you feel that protecting yourself was not okay. And it's always okay. And I mean, listen, there's boundaries that exist on a range of like practical to impractical, right? Like for instance, I'm a cancer and another cancer in the room, Rebecca, Rebecca. was talking about how like she has very clear boundaries about how she wants people to come to her house. Like she doesn't want people that come to her house and stay however long they want to stay. Like, you know, no one's going in the fridge. Like they, there's a specific purpose for why they're coming to the house. And some people might say like, Oh my God, she's being so difficult. What? No, she's just being clear about what works for her. And to me, that's the easiest thing ever because people can take it or leave it. You know what works for you. And so you have to decide what works for you because at the end of the day, that actually makes everything easier for you And easier for other people because they can determine on whether they want to be in it or out of it. Now, when you're saying that you feel like you don't have any like really strong intimate friendships because you don't have boundaries, I can only take that to mean that you feel like you don't really know how tight you are with these people or not because you haven't basically created a space to to tell, you know, like you've basically kind of like created a certain hyper casualness that doesn't give you any indication of who's what or who. Well, I can tell you how you fix that real quick. You You set set boundaries. boundaries. You set boundaries. People who want to be around you will stay around you. They'll fight to be around you. Um, I mean, of course, you have to discern and discern, like, what's the reason why? But in the best case scenario, it's because they like you. It's because they bring you an energy that feeds you and you bring them an energy that feeds them. And... Let me just say that sometimes that's imbalanced. There's definitely times, especially if you're in like a romantic relationship, where you're going to be giving more energy than you're getting from the other person and vice versa. It can be difficult to like stay at an equal, at an equilibrium. But in friendships, it's a lot easier because you're not every day in it. You know, there isn't an extended amount of interaction. But the beauty of it, though, is that when you start setting boundaries, you start setting clear definitions for things that may seem difficult and it just starts to make things easier 
in terms of what your life is. Fuck, Fuck if anybody else thinks it's difficult. difficult. If it makes things easier for you, then that's all that really should matter in this context. Because it's not hurting anybody's feelings. It shouldn't. It's not making anybody feel less than. It shouldn't. You should be able to set boundaries without diminishing anybody's value or without questioning their merit, you know, or without um, degrading them. No. So I hope that if you're listening that you will kind of reevaluate and this I had to do this at the, in my early 30s my early 30s I had to really just like reassess because a lot of it is like you don't have boundaries because you want everybody to like you so you want everybody to have as much access to you as possible because for some reason you don't like yourself and you got to figure out why why do you feel like you always got to have this people anybody can get to you why I know for me I just always told that people don't like me. So I tried to like make it easier for people to get to me. But then it's like, yeah, but when you do that, you don't filter. It's not, it's not like you get to filter the people all the time. So being difficult a lot of times can also be about how you're viewing yourself. And I can assure you that setting boundaries for your self-preservation from a positive standpoint, is not an example of being difficult. It's an example of being smart. Now, some would say that Brenda was difficult. You know, I'm sure... Luke Perry, rest in peace. I'm sure that Dylan would have said that Brenda was difficult because Brenda was like, you're not just going to do whatever the fuck and think I'm cool with it, you know? And then he went over there with Kelly and we're supposed to think that Kelly was actually easier. And she was because she was letting him get away with shit. But that didn't mean she was better. It just meant that she was not as fully formed in her person. You know who's really the most difficult person on 90210? Fucking Andrea. Because Andrea was like, listen, I'm here in the peach pit and I've got work to do. And I'm studying for med school and you guys are not going to come in here and fuck that shit up. And she was the kind of difficult I want to be because she had boundaries. And she didn't give a fuck about if you were Jason Priestley or Dylan or any other of these fully adult male-looking teenagers that were parading around Beverly Hills 90210. She had shit to do, and she was going to do it. And we won't even address Donna. People I like. Yeah. Before we get into that one time... People I like today, I I liked Brenda. Brenda. But our people I like is comedian Marina Franklin. Marina Franklin has a comedy special that just came out and is available on a number of platforms. It's called Single Black Female. You can check it out at marinafranklin.com. And Marina is somebody who, when... When I got into comedy, she was already popping, established, a sister, doing her thing. And it was somebody that I look up to because she had established a whole career as a stand-up. And people said to me, like, oh, Marina, she's a piece of work. Oh, man, she's real tough. She's a tough cookie. These are all synonyms for being difficult, right? Like, let's run down the synonyms for women who are difficult. Bitch, diva, piece of work, something else, tough cookie. Sassy. Uh, I'm sure there's a word in Grenadian slang. Um, but, you know, there's a number of these, okay? High sadity. High sadity can be also used. Extra. All of these words get associated with women who know their worth and exert it and expect things to be handled based on it every day, all the time in their lives. Marina was one of these people. 
So when I did a comedy show where Marina was guesting on the show, we ended up having a misunderstanding because of a miscommunication. And I got the full experience of Marina being what's considered a quote unquote difficult woman because she was very much like she felt slighted and she was going to let me know about it. And that was that. And I, you know, just kind of felt like, damn, like that sucks that it has to be like that. And I felt like that for months until one day I listened to her podcast, Friends Like Us. And on the podcast, she was talking about her experience going to a show where she was going to be looking out for somebody because they wanted her to like do a cameo in their web series and that they had told her to be there at a certain time and that it took eight hours or something like ridiculous like that for her to do her scene. And she was saying that like, she was very frustrated about how long she had been there and that when she verbalized like, hey, like when is this going to happen? She was looked at like, oh, you're just being difficult. Like just stick it out. And she was like, I don't appreciate that because I was giving my time to these people and it was for free. And I just felt like me like questioning or not even questioning, but me inquiring on when I was going to actually be doing what I was doing is not being difficult. It's simply just being thorough and professional. And I was like, oh my God, it's not that we don't get along. It's that we the same person. Because sometimes when two people who are considered proud difficulters get together, shit gets more difficult because both of us are grounded and rooted. And as I say, you working with granite, not clay, when you're dealing with someone like me. Because most quote-unquote difficult women have had to be so staunchly themselves in order to make it through to their goal and to their purpose. That there's a rigidity about us that is less about being difficult and more about retaining our structure amidst fuckery. And I reached out to Marina and I was like, hey, like, I sent her an email and I said, you know, I was listening to Friends Like Us and I realized that we are not two people that are incompatible. We're simply just two people that are complex. And sometimes, like, that can brush up against each other, especially in the workplace. Like, you know, as women who are considered difficult women, like, who are not going to be played, like, we just have to stick out our chest a little more. And when, our, when we're sticking out our chest sometimes... It like creates space between us that once we calm down, we're like, oh shit, we're actually closer than we thought. And let's hug instead of like, like chest bumping. And me and Marina became like homies. Every time I am in New York, I do her podcast. She always supports my work. I always support hers. She's definitely just a kind, like compassionate soul. And it sucks that a lot of times women who are labeled as difficult don't get that. They don't get that label of compassionate or of kind or of thoughtful or of considerate. And I know for me, like, I hate when I am diminished to like, oh, Amanda Seals is just a strong black woman or Amanda Seals is just like super um, just, uh, you know, I don't want to say the word difficult again because we've said it five million times, but a lot of times like, I will not get acknowledged for like, I'm actually like a super duper like softy. Like I'm a softy and I just don't show that to everybody because everybody don't deserve it. And everybody doesn't know how to access that. So I appreciate that Marina, once I reached out to her, she obliged and that's how I was able to access that in her and she was able to access that in me. And that's when you realize that like, you know, you might be considered difficult, but for the most part, like in this situation, if she had met my correspondence with like obstinance, then that would mean that like she's just a bitch, right? Because like I'm meeting her at face value and I really just appreciate to this day that she didn't, you know, that I came at her direct and she hit me back direct and we were able to connect and she loves house music. And we went to, um, there was a dope house music event that they happen to have in Harlem called um, Sunday Sermon, where you just were in the park and they play house music and everyone dances. And so 
Yeah, this is my love letter to, to my fellow difficult woman comic, Marina Franklin, for for really meeting me there. Now, I have met other quote unquote difficult women comics who actually aren't just difficult women comics. They're actually bitches. So remember that constant? <laughs> Thank you, Marina, for setting it so I can tell the difference. That, that one time. <laughs> so for much of my like adult professional career, I've had to be kind of on a DIY path where it was like I was making things myself. I was making moves. I was breaking through uh, according to my own rules. And that required like a lot of effort and energy and strategizing and really just trying to uh, consider things on a number of levels that I wasn't even necessarily an expert at, but just like taking control of my destiny with both hands and feet and putting it on my back and moving. And in the effort to do that, it required so much muscle that it distracted and detracted from my connecting to things in a emotional way. And it just became like, just, just keep, keep on moving, moving. Just, just keep moving, moving. just keep moving. Like, like put, put your head down, down put, put your, your blinders on, on, keep moving, keep moving. Elbow out in the paint, keep moving, keep moving. Box out, bitch, box out, bitch. And for a lot of us, that's how you have to make it, right? You just have to keep moving and you have to have tunnel vision. And the thing about being on tunnel vision is sometimes you're so focused on your goal that you kind of like knock people over, right? Or you just simply like don't, you don't receive certain like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, you're, not re- you're not able to really read the room per, per se. se. Well, That's how you can sometimes get labeled difficult unknowingly. And that happened to me while I was coming up in this business because I didn't have anyone to protect me. I didn't have representation. You know, I didn't even have brothers and sisters that were like in my life at that age. I didn't have a boyfriend. Like I literally, it was just Amanda. So in my having to demand things that were not given to me, in my having to assert my voice at times when it was being silenced, in my having to, um, you know, kind of just like make my presence felt, it didn't always happen in a graceful way. (laughs) Sometimes it happened in a very like boastful, seemingly boastful way, or it happened in a seemingly aggressive way because I was having to just move in these spaces uh, in so with wearing so many hats that I didn't necessarily get the opportunity to always be very clear about how I was going to like get this point across. And that really became like a reputation of mine that I came to abhor because it just wasn't accurate, you know, because it took away context and it just presented like me as this person without any actual background to like, well, why is this person having to move like this? And I am very thankful for the people who early on could acknowledge that and see through it and understand and were able to grab grab hold of like Amanda the the human and the cons and the and the context that I was in to be able to see like oh well that's why she has to move like that I mean look <laughs> look at the look she's in hip hop she's by herself she's pretty she's smart like she doesn't have a gun like she's got to she's got to operate like this and that carried me in that space very far but then it started to feel like it wasn't carrying me as much as I was carrying it became an albatross around my neck because I had like built up a muscle that was no longer useful in with the direction I wanted to go. So it's like, if you got really good at throwing javelin and then they were like, okay, now soccer. And you're like, well, damn, I mean, my, my right arm upper back strength is popping, but I, I haven't used these legs like in the same way in a long time. And so that's what happened when I transitioned from hip hop back into the TV and comedy space. You know, I had built up a certain energy, not even just because I was in hip hop, because I was in my 20s and I was in New York, et cetera, et cetera, that started to like stand in my way, I felt, because it was just so uh, egregious and it lacked textures and colors and nuance that I needed in order to elevate to another level. Because if I'm talking to rappers, 
it's going to have a different energy than if I'm talking to like this white woman network exec, you know, like the, which is going to have a different energy than I'm talking, than if I'm talking to like fellow comics, which is going to have a different energy than if I'm talking to veteran comics, et cetera. And so what, what, what allowed me to get so far, which was being staunchly about things that I was so sure about, which got looked at as difficult, but whatever the fuck, because it was so pure, it broke down walls. Eventually I realized like I needed to reevaluate um, how that difficulty presented itself. And I always say like, it's not that you got to be less real. You just got to find other ways of being real. And that's what I continue to work on to this day. Now, earlier this year, I ended up in a whole situation where I was on a photo shoot and I was being completely disregarded on the photo shoot and there was just no sense of professionalism and I was in a very familiar place where I felt like I wasn't being regarded, like my knowledge and my insight wasn't being regarded and it was incredibly frustrating to me that I wasn't like being utilized and because don't nobody want to be used, but we want to be useful and I just was like, ah! And I just like ended up like yelling and and flipping out in a very confined flip out. I wasn't like turning over tables. It wasn't Johnny Depp in a, in a hotel room. But I just made my point loudly. This then ended up becoming a whole thing about how Amanda was difficult. Amanda was extra. Amanda was a problem. All of these things. Now, I'm lucky because I have people on my team that know me well enough to say, well... If Amanda was reacting like that, it was reacting to something. And that's the other thing. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like you got to make sure that if you are a difficult person and you are proud of that, put yourself in situations, though, where you are at ease. Because you're going to have to be difficult so often because the world just be shitting on folks that at most possible times you want to not have to employ that skill or that that energy. So you want to have to be conscious about like, what are the places that put me at ease? Like I've had to learn that like, I do not do well in professional spaces that don't have clear parameters and plans. I am not a go with the flow person unless, unless we're, we're doing, doing improv. improv, but do not improv my schedule. I don't like surprises. I want to know what I'm showing up to do and I want to know how I'm going to do it. Now, even if you'd say to me, what you're showing up to do is going to be something that is, these are the bullet points and this is where my vision is. I still feel like I have a footing in what we're doing, but I don't ever like feeling like I'm just being tagged along or pulled along. And I don't put myself in those situations anymore because I know what happens. And, and what happened earlier this year was that I allowed myself to be put in that situation. And the biggest thing for people like us who say, I'm proud to be difficult, the biggest, hardest thing for us to do is when we find ourselves in a situation that we could have avoided, we have to check ourselves and say, you know what? I did this. Because <laughs> I knew that this is going to be like this. And I know what this type of situation does for me. And I did it anyway. And so it's my fault. And I need to shut the fuck up and just thug it out. And, and take that pause to maybe, you know, relay your message in a way that will get you a better outcome. And so I went through a depression earlier this year. I mean, depression is a strong word, but I went through a strong funk, okay? A, a, a pungent funk, a poignant funk, uh, where I really was just really questioning, like, damn, like, am I too difficult again? Like, am I back in that space where it's like I'm, I'm just being perceived as like a, a harpy, um, there's another word for you. You know, I'm just being perceived as somebody who's just caustic and, and callous. And I don't want to be perceived as those things because that will stand in my own way. And then I had to really think about these scenarios and the people in the scenarios. And I was like, yo, fuck that. Fuck that. Like, yeah, this was a scenario where I let myself be put in some bullshit that I knew was going to be some bullshit. But real talk, the shit shouldn't have been bullshit no way. All right? Like, I got to own up to like, Mandy, you shouldn't have been there. But also, it shouldn't have been like that. And fast forward, you know what? I had to, I had to get myself up my ass and stop crying about the shit. Because I was like, bitch, you are 
using your work in such a fashion that if you aren't difficult, you You won't won't get get to work. work. Like you are out here doing whatever you, like I'm out here doing what the fuck I do in such a way that I have to be difficult. Everyone around me has to have a certain level of difficult about them because it has to be difficult to fuck with us in a negative fashion. You have to think twice. I have people say to me, you seem unapproachable. You're right. Because I want you to think twice, maybe three times before you approach me. Ask yourself, am I, am I going to have something to say? Am, you know, Is she in a space that it makes sense for me to approach? I want you to do that. I want you to do that. I really, really do. Because that's what I do when I come in the world. I'm thoughtful about how I bring myself into the space of the world. So... You know, and then I ended up, you know, with a man and he actually really, really helped kind of just bring me back to a a center space of um, of self-assuredness. And I know like there's people who are listening like, what? It took a man to do that. And it's like sometimes it fucking does. OK. Like, you know, sometimes we really like, especially women who consider ourselves difficult, we like to be like, I can do it all myself. And it's like. You know, sometimes you can, but sometimes it takes outside parties, whether it's a man or a dog or, you know, like a a, a vacation to Jamaica. Um, but sometimes, you know, most times uh, it takes something outside of you that, that triggers something that you always knew was inside of you. We all get down like and if you consider yourself difficult and people are always telling you you're difficult, you're going to get down. because. If you truly are someone who is difficult in the best way, then you are compassionate and you're difficult because you're aware. And if you have hyper awareness, then yes, people shitting on you and telling you that you're something that you don't perceive yourself to be is eventually going to get to you. That's just the nature of it. And you're going to have to lick your wounds and put some salve on them and maybe read about other people who have been in your situation. Or listen to music that speaks to it. Or or speak to individuals who have been in that space. But something happens where you are shown by example that the way you are is how you are because it's what you need to be to be who you want to be. The last dose. Ooh, that was good. Y'all. That need to go on a poster with like a whale jumping out of the ocean or, you know, like a lion, like something, you know, one of those. Remember those those posters you used to get at the book fair, you know, with a kitten hanging off of a rope and it says, hang in there. Something like that. So shout out to everybody out there who's being told they're difficult. It's not always a negative. You got to look at who's telling you you're difficult and why they're telling you you're difficult to determine are you actually being difficult or are you simply challenging them in a way that needs to happen? I think I'm just going to end it right there. Yeah. So fight on, my people. And let me tell you something. No fight. Nothing was won. No elevation was had by folks who were easy. Those folks are the ones who are led. Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.